Welcome to the North Brevard Church of Christ podcast. I'm Doug Hunter, one of the elders. We hope that this podcast makes our sermons and Bible studies more accessible. Good morning. It is good to see everybody this morning. If you are visiting with us, we want to thank you for coming our way. You honor us with your presence. If you're looking for a church that's loving and cares about each other and is there for each other, you have found the place. And we'd love for y'all to be part of it. I've got, y'all have done so well up here. I mean, it's really, I gotta watch where I walk. So you came close to getting to that place where I couldn't walk anymore. It's good. I do have a problem for Mike O'Neill. These were laying in the big box by themselves. So I don't know if they were meant to be brought up here or somebody just wanted to know where they are. <laughs> Could be either one. <laughs> but I'm proud of you. Uh, the widow's workshop was a success because of you. This was a success because of you. We are, we are seeing things through Jesus' eyes that is easy for a lot of Christians to miss. It's not so much in, in the deeds as it is to see the need for the deeds. To understand there are people out there that if we don't feed them, they don't get fed that week. And some people who are desperate to get their, their children or their grandchildren fed, and they don't know where to turn. And Jesus spoke about us helping those who are in need, so great. Malachi, great job, my friend, coming up here. As you know, my daughter lives in Chicago. Well, right outside of Chicago. She didn't want to get into the downtown traffic, so she was smart. She got outside of Chicago. But one of the advantages of her living in Chicago is I get to meet people and see things that I had never seen or would be before. For my, I think it was my 60th birthday, I got to go down and get a complete tour of the largest church in our nation. It's impressive. Uh, it, it really is an impressive place. The second thing that I, I get to do is I get to meet people that I wouldn't meet any other way. This is Ken Davis. Ken Davis is a Christian comedian, nationally known. And I got the meeting. Uh, I don't see Bertha, William. But I was gonna tell her about this guy. He actually thinks his grandchildren are the best around. <laughs> no, I didn't think so. 
But he's got three of them. Kaylee nine, Lexi seven, and Jalen four. He told some jokes for a while. And then being a Christian, he told a story that, that was tougher. This is from his book about it. It's called Fully Alive. If you want a book that you can read and sometimes smile and sometimes feel the emotions clogging your throat, this is the book for you. He writes this about Kaylee, Lexi, and Jalen. At the first of dawn, we awoke to the three amigas shaking us and shouting, wake up, wake up, light another fire, we're out of wood. So I slipped into cold, stiff clothing and icy boots to lead the girls on the first adventure of being in the mountains, gathering firewood. We looked for old, dead aspen trees, which are excellent for campfires. Many of these trees remain standing when they die. And I knew when you got a smaller tree that was dead, you could push it over. I was worried, though, about Jaden. She could be hurt, even by a little tree that fell her way. So I handed her a, a small branch and said, you take this tree to your grandmother and help her start the fire. And with obvious delight, she went back dragging her, camp, her tree, her personal tree, back to camp. When we began to bake, to make breakfast, Diane, that's his wife, asked, where's Jaden? Isn't she with you? I replied. Her eyes wandered, widened. No, I, I thought she was with you. Panic. The whole camp sight panicked and went out in every direction possible calling Jaden's name. After the first hour, I begged God. I begged him for his mercy. And I begged him to get Jaden closer because obviously she couldn't hear our voices as we called her name. I was running as fast as I can along every path that we usually took. Maybe with the next few steps I'd spot her pink matching outfit or her flash of blonde hair. Maybe on the next breath of wind we'd hear her voice. Maybe she'd run where this road runs and when she came to the end of the road, she'd stop. Well, I hope she's not down by the river. She hadn't learned to swim. After two and a half hours, 
I began to prepare myself for the worst. There was no cell phone coverage in the remote area, so Diane headed towards civilization. And the ATV and she went to call Jaden's parents and to ask friends around the world to pray. I went to search, still sobbing. She ran into a ranger who brought a whole group of people and dogs to help us trace her. They asked for clothing that the dogs could sniff it and get her scent. After three hours of running and looking in the rivers, I could only weep and pray in a hoarse whisper, Dear God, I have nothing left. You can have my career. You can have it. You take my savings, take my house, take my airplane, take all the stuff that I've cherished. And now my voice stopped. So I said this silently. Lord, I cherish this little girl more than any of my possessions. If need be, Lord, take my life. Take me. But bring this little girl back. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we, we come before you as your people looking to gain insight and to see the way you see, and to understand that sometimes We've been taught to look in a direction that you don't look. I ask that you help me get out of the way. So the, the people here can see you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> We're beginning a new six-week series. A lot of it's going to be in the 15th chapter of Luke, but not everything. In the 15th chapter of Luke, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are taking a real common posture for them. They look at Jesus and he's surrounded by people that they consider sinners. And if you're a righteous man in this day, if you're really holy, if you're really godly, you can't be with sinners because sinners rub off on you. 
at least in their minds. And there is Jesus. And so they make that complaint. This man receives sinners and eats with them. Yeah, that didn't come up right. You know what the problem was? Maybe they never knew. Or maybe they forgot. They don't remember what it was like to be lost. Or to have somebody that you, you love so much. And they're lost. And there's a chance you'll never find them. So for the next several weeks, we're going to be using this chapter because Jesus tells three quick parables. All three aimed at the Pharisees and scribes. All three looking at the attitudes they have and the attitudes which they should have. because they are God's people. But this isn't new. This is old. You see, they, they always go around because they lost how it felt. Some of them probably never felt it. You see, the way you learned to be a Pharisee is your dad was a Pharisee. And the way he learned to be a Pharisee is his dad learned it was a Pharisee. And the way he learned to be a scribe was you patterned after your dad who was a scribe. Maybe they never knew what it was like to be lost. Maybe they never felt the pain. Maybe they just couldn't understand. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus points out to a Pharisee, you forgot what it's like to be lost. He invites Jesus to his house to have a dinner. And so he's got his crew there at a dinner, probably all other Pharisees, and they're there and ask Jesus to come, and they're really looking out for something he will do wrong that they can go, aha! They hadn't planned this, though. The open section allowed anybody to come in, and that woman came in. You know, that woman. The woman that everybody in town knows what she's like. Everybody in town knows that, that she, of all people, is, is the worst of sinners that this town's seen in a long time. That woman. I don't know if they wanted her to do it or not, but she stops behind Jesus' feet. And she's crying. 
And she washes Jesus' feet with her tears. And she, she hadn't brought a towel. So she wipes them with her hair. And then she pours out a perfume onto his feet. And he's had enough. So he looks at Jesus and says, this man were a prophet. He would know what kind of woman is touching him. Jesus, knowing what's going through his heart, says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon, being the good host, says, well, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he forgave them both. Now, which do you think will love him more? And Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. The first amount that is mentioned will never be repaid. The second, maybe, but probably not. And so Jesus says, okay, which one? It's going to be the, the big thing. And Simon says, I guess that, the, the big amount. And he says, boy, are you right. But let me tell you what I've experienced. I entered your house. You didn't give me any water to wash my feet. That was a common courtesy in this day. But she's washed my feet with her tears. And she's wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. The greeting kiss was on the cheeks. They still do it. She has not stopped kissing my feet since she came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you that her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she has loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees do the Pharisee stuff. How, how can he do that? But did you catch it? She knows she's lost. And you're just as lost as she is, but you don't know. And so you feel good about condemning her. That big church in Chicago that I toured with my son-in-law, 
Before you go into their auditorium, their main auditorium, above all the doors, because they get a lot of people, they have a sign. No perfect people allowed. Jesus is saying there are no perfect people allowed. In Luke 19, we've got that common thing. Jesus is going through Jericho, and there's this man named Zacchaeus who is short, so I relate. He's rich but he's a chief tax collector. And he just climbs a sycamore tree just to get a look at this Jesus who's been out and preaching and teaching and all. And Jesus not only sees him, he stops at the sycamore tree and says, just come on down, because I'm going home with you for dinner. And he comes down and joyfully goes with Jesus. And when some of the people saw it, they complained saying, he's going to be the guest with a man who is a sinner. They forgot what it was like to be lost. And Jesus does go home with Zacchaeus. And I, I don't know what the discussion was or whether Jesus' presence keyed this. I don't know. But Zacchaeus looks at Jesus and says, Lord, if, I, if I've done anything, I will give half my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Those who are complaining that this, this sinner, the sinner is, is going to be there and he's hosting Jesus. Jesus sits down and says, I thought he was the son of Abraham. And if he's the son of Abraham, God promised that his seed would be blessed. God's concerned with the son of Abraham. And he's concerned when he's lost. They forgot that. Back to Jaden. A young couple who is out taking a walk happened to glance up a hill and on top of the hill they noticed a bubble pink outfit didn't fit in with the green. So they went up and they looked at Jaden and they said, Honey, are you okay? Jaden looked back and said, I can't talk to you. 
Oh, oh, I'm not a, a stranger, the lady replied. My name is Molly, and I'm a teacher. Well, okay then. And now it was safe for the tears to flow, safe to take Molly's hand, and between the sobs blurt out the truth as Jaden understood it. My grandpa is lost. Indeed, her grandpa was lost. Even though he didn't know it, he was on the way to be found. When Ken Davis gets back to camp, part of the rescue team that were in the, the first slide took this picture as he bent down and, and took Jaden's hands. He writes this. In a raspy whisper over and over, I said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. They were the only words that could come out of my mouth. And I kept murmuring them over and over and over again. He didn't scold her. He didn't tell her how bad she was. He just told her over and over and over how much he loved her. When he gets home, he remembered the incident and he writes this. I remembered another sound, the sound of a stake driven gently but firmly into the ground. anchoring this moment in my heart because it's as if God was whispering, I love you, I love you, I love you. He doesn't scold. He feels that way about his children who are lost. Sometimes we forget what it's like to be lost. But God doesn't. Where is children? Where is people? Whenever we are lost, it's our God who comes looking for us and doing the searching and reaching out. It's our God who will run up every road and cross every creek just looking for us.
And so we need to be telling people this is the way home. This, this is a God who loves you. This is a God of forgiveness. This is a God that sent his son because we were lost. I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he said, this much. And he stretched out his arms and died. We're guilty of sin. He put them on the back of his son. We were the ones who wandered far away from him. He sends his son in the form of a human being. Can you imagine being a being that has no limits and then coming in and you are a baby dependent on about a 14-year-old girl? He did that. Can you imagine the God who made everything now cries for milk that has to be provided. And he does that because we sinned. And he gave us this, it's an easy way to access the blessings of that. You repent of your sin. That means I start saying, God, I am lost, but I want your direction. And then you're baptized, which it's in the original language means to be dipped under. We can do that this morning. If you're lost and confused and if can't find direction, won't you come? And together we'll find God. Won't you come as we stand and sing?